Hello and welcome to episode 88 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Brett Murphy. Brett is with Legacy Comics and they are currently running a Kickstarter for Tales of Horror. This is Matt and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Brett, thanks so much for for joining us. Why don't you uh, start us off with a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the comic? Yep. Uh, first, thanks, Matt and Noah, for having me on the uh, podcast. I appreciate it. Oh, no um, yes, yeah, so as you said, my uh, uh, yeah, my name's uh, Bert Murphy. I am uh, one of the co-founders for Legacy Comics, and I am the writer of two of the four uh, horror stories for the horror anthology Legacy Comics Presents Tales of Horror, which is out right now on Kickstarter. I believe it only has... Uh, 23 days left and ends at the end of uh, February. And um, basically a little bit about the book is uh, there's four uh, short horror stories, um, a couple of which feature some um, YouTube vloggers and some professional athletes. Uh, Just a quick uh, summary of uh, some of the stories that's involved in the anthology. Um, the two that I wrote are called uh, Survival and Till Death Do Us Part Again. Uh, Survival is a, a zombie story that takes place in Philadelphia and features a couple of Philadelphia athletes as well as Cletus Selden, who's a uh, professional boxer from New York. Um, and the artwork on Survival is done by Nico Valdez, who's an incredible artist from Argentina and who is also a uh, co-founder of Legacy Comics. Uh, the other story that I wrote is called Till Death Do Us Part Again, and that is a uh, an interesting story that was uh, um, co-developed by uh, Mike Masati, who's the artist and also a co-founder of Legacy Comics. And it's an interesting tale about a uh, tech billionaire who has a uh, a serial killer um, mentality. And the other two stories in the book, um, Hog Hunters, which features a couple of YouTubers, uh, Josh Pench, uh, Big Dub, and uh, What Movie One, is written by a UK writer, uh, Rob Plumpton. And that is also drawn by Nico Valdez, and that's a uh, an adaptation of Aaron K. Carter's uh, "An Hour to Kill," uh, one of his stories in that that uh, in his horror uh, movie. And uh, the last story in the anthology is um, kind of based off a uh, Puerto Rican uh, folklore uh, called the Coco. And that is written by a Philadelphia writer, uh, Radamis uh, Lilo, and is uh, drawn by an amazing French artist and also a co-founder of Legacy, Ange Alster. And also, uh, I got to mention, we have two great uh, colorists uh, involved in the book in uh, Shiva Prakash and um, Ishan Ansori. And also, uh, one of the cool things about this book Uh, that we're doing is we teamed up with a local uh, mental health awareness charity and the NAMI chapter in uh, the NAMI Philadelphia chapter and 50% of our sales for our cover B are going to go towards uh, 
NAMI Philadelphia to help uh, mental health awareness. And um, it's, it's a great cause. Yeah, that, all, that's, all that stuff sounds really cool. So um, you put together a pretty uh, diverse team. It sounds like you have a lot of folks around the Philadelphia area, but you were able to pick up some, uh, some international uh, folks as well. How did, how did everybody team up? Yes. Um, so uh, Mike Masadi, who's from Florida, uh, uh, him, myself, Nika Valdez from Argentina, and Ann Jaster, who's from uh, France, uh, we all teamed up and, you know, started and created uh, Legacy Comics. And uh, everything else kind of fell in place, um, bringing in Radamis and uh, Rob. Um, we brought in Radamis, uh Lilo's story because we were going with the Philadelphia vibe for this uh, first issue um, since we were giving back to a local charity and we had a couple local athletes involved. So that's why we decided to go with uh, Radimis uh, Lilo's uh, story. His was the only story that was uh, taken outside of our own uh, team's uh, creations uh, for for this actual anthology. So that's how Radimis uh, came on board. But with Rob, we, we brought Rob on board because we were looking for a outside writer to um, help adapt Aaron K. Carter's An Hour to Kill, um, his Hog Hunter story. And uh, we had been talking to Rob before we placed this, uh, before we started, you know, coming up with ideas for this Kickstarter. And um, we, we liked some of his work, so we kind of tasked him with that job to, to write Hog Hunter. So that's kind of how the team got assembled for for this first issue that's awesome is there a pretty strong are you uh, sort of plugged in well into the like philadelphia's uh comics sort of community yeah um so uh i i uh frequent a lot of like the shops in the south jersey uh philadelphia suburb area and um, I attend all the uh, conventions around here, even the really small ones that take place in, you know, our, our local gymnasiums. But uh, yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be cool because this is going to be the first spring where I'm going to be able to actually bring our work from Legacy Comics to the local conventions and uh, get the work out there in the public. And uh, I think it helps too to have a couple of the local athletes involved in this anthology because it also helps get the it helps them you know spread the word on social media and through their uh through their handles as well yeah that was going to be my follow-up question was about uh yeah the the local athletic community um so where did uh your your was that just from interest or are you plugged pretty well into that community as well um, it, it was more geared towards interest. I mean, uh, being from Philadelphia, I mean, we're, we're kind of known for, for loving our sports teams and lo- loving our local athletes. But uh, for, for the one story I wrote, which is survival, you know, I always thought that if there was ever a zombie apocalypse or something like that, I, I feel like athletes would be the ones who would have the best chance of survival because, you know, they're the most in shape, they're the the most athletic and um 
And you, you don't really see that in too many uh, zombie movies or zombie shows. So I wanted to put that into a story. And I thought, you know, instead of making up my own characters, why not try to get some of the local athletes involved? So I reached out to uh, to an athlete from each of our four major sports teams and, you know, teamed up with them, got their approval to use their image, and uh, and and we went from there. Did you That's do really any? Cool. Did you do any research to try to figure out if maybe one of the 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 athletes um, on each of the teams was was a was a comics fan? So you were, uh, you know, trying to 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 make a connection with somebody that would be uh, more into it. Um, I did that with one of the athletes, uh, Carter Hart. He's a uh, goalie for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, and uh, he's a comic fan. Actually, his goalie mask that he's been wearing this year is pretty cool. It has a uh, an image of uh, Carnage from Spider Man on there. But um, as for the as for the other athletes, uh, like Mike Scott, I, I wanted to bring him on from the Sixers because he's known as you know, a tough guy. And I figured he would be a cool person to draw for the comic because he, he has a bunch of tattoos and he's, you know, considered an enforcer on, on the basketball team. And um, Scott Kingery from the Phillies, we brought him on because, you know, he's known for his speed. So I figured, you know, uh, having somebody with speed um, in the zombie book would be, you know, wise to have them on the team. And, and uh, the last person we got was Trey Thomas, who was uh, an Eagles player. And he's, you know, big, big lineman. And I figured, you know, we we could add a, a big person to the zombie team. So I kind of like assembled my own team, like my own fantasy zombie hunting team. And uh, and that, that's kind of how we went from uh, from there. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a real Avengers assemble of like local Philadelphia athletes. That's pretty awesome. And, you know, it's interesting because this, this plays into something I was reading about today. And uh, I just saw on social media, this artist, uh, he posted this great cover. Um, it was sort of, it was, it, it sort of aligned with Kobe Bryant's passing this week, but he used a, a reference photo of Kobe Bryant, you know, uh, in, in one of his sort of like more action shots, uh, like, you know, on the court as a reference for a cover drawing for something more fantastical, like a, like, you know, a fantasy book. And he made a good point. He's like, I don't know why comic artists don't look to like, you know, the more heroic poses that come intrinsic with like being an athlete. And uh, you know, that, that sort of cuts out the middleman, you know, having the, the heroes be the athletes themselves. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree that, you know, some of the artists should look at some, some of the, uh, athletic shots that we get because that's i mean probably the closest thing to uh you know flying and superhero that that we would we would possibly get i mean you look at michael jordan flying through the air i mean uh, that, that that's probably you know a great action shot that a comic book artist could use if they wanted to make their comic i guess you know get away from the superhero vibe and make it a little more a little more um realistic but uh yeah i i agree with that uh with that assessment with uh the kobe bryant picture yeah and that was that was chris brunner um who like you know who did uh uh loose ends who drew loose ends he made that point and he uh uh he made a he made a good point about how uh that 
there are like 50 superhero poses and uh, Jack Kirby invented them all. So it's like, it's sort of cool to tap this, this market that's sort of, uh, you know, it's been touched on throughout, you know, throughout like, you know, the history of comics is having, you know, athletes be the main characters, but, you know, putting them into fantastical scenarios is, is, is very cool and sort of an untapped market and genre. So uh, with horror, what are some of your, some of your influences are in horror? Did you, did you grow up, uh, you know, reading horror comics, horror novels, or, 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 or mo were movies like one of the big influences? Uh, I would say it's more geared towards the movies. Uh, growing up, uh, I read a ton of comics, but it was more X-Men, Spider-Man, uh, Batman. So it's not really horror related, mm -hmm. but uh, I mean, I grew up, watching you know both sci-fi and horror movies like um uh watching it the uh older version of it um child's play uh aliens uh th those were kind of more of the the movies that i watched growing up and and kind of uh uh was a big fan of zombie movies which kind of helped me uh write my uh their survival story and um I feel like that played a big part in in the stories that I wrote uh, between survival and um, to that to a part again, and also American Psycho kind of had a a little bit of a, a factor in writing to that to a part again, as you you'd be able to see with the uh, the characters, you know, you can kind of tell it has like a little bit of an American Psycho type of feel. So, how long have did have did you have the idea for, for athletes in the, the, the zombie apocalypse? Was that something that you'd been like milling about in your head for a while? Or was that something that sort of was like a recent uh, uh, bout of inspiration to, to put athletes in the zombie story? Yeah, it does. Uh, it started, I was a big walking dead fan. And the one thing that I did get with walking dead that I always kind of, was confused about is Glenn uh, was a uh, he played the uh, pizza delivery person and he was just in, in the, the show it seemed like he was just you know all over the place just you know the most it was like the best fighter out of the whole group besides Rick and I kept saying to myself like why why aren't there any athletes in this like why why don't you have any like professional boxers or professional football players that survived like i feel like they could outrun the zombies and you know muscle their way through through stuff and and um that's when the idea started in my head saying like oh well if there's a zombie apocalypse I, I feel like athletes like would be the have the best chance of surviving um instead of like watching the walking dead where it's like all um like the governor and and all these like farmers and stuff um that that were making all the communities and then um you know when we when we went to uh go uh brainstorm for some of the ideas for the stories that's when i kind of came back to it and said hey why don't i just make this story the way that i wanted to make a zombie book the way that i uh that i imagined it and and that, that's when we came back to it that's awesome and uh so this is, uh, is this, uh, what number of like, you know, anthologies is this for you? How many have you done before this one? Uh, this will, this will be my first. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, this is, this is the first anthology. Yep. 
That's great. And how long has Legacy been around then? Um, we basically started back in October. So we, I mean, nice. this, this is our first, uh, this is our first book that we're releasing, but we have a bunch of other, uh, you know, we have a couple mangas coming out. We have a couple regular, uh, graphic novels coming out. Um, we even have, uh, two novels that we're going to be releasing. So this is our first book, but we have other stuff that we're currently working on as well so we're we're not going to have you know too much of a downtime between books we're going to keep releasing stuff uh you know in a in a good uh time of fashion that's awesome so you, you um before we we dive back into the anthology uh who are you are you writing the the novels and if so what's what are some of the differences you you see between like prose writing and in comics writing uh, well, right now I'm not writing. Uh, I, my focus is on the uh, graphic novels. Okay. Um, and and Jalister, who is one of the co-founders, a great writer and artist from uh, France, is working on a manga that has uh, has the script written and um, a couple of the pages are already sketched out and drawn. And Ange is also working on a novel as well. And I believe Ange has released uh, three three books in France. Okay. Um, one of which was actually beat out. I believe it beat out Twilight on Amazon. Wow. Uh, the third Twilight book when it came out on Amazon. So, so Ange Alster is a already an accomplished writer, and um, and I'm I'm glad to have him on the uh, the team. Yeah, it sounds that's invaluable. Yeah. So let's uh, yeah. let's talk a little bit about the 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 other story you wrote. You said it's a uh, it's a tech uh, it's a tech billionaire with a bit of a darker side. Is that is that correct? Yes. Uh, so uh, to that goes part again. Uh, Mike Masadi, who's the uh, artist, kind of came up with the idea of having a story about a uh, you know just a billionaire who is kind of like Christian Bale's character in American Psycho, where he just has a thirst for, for killing and is a, basically a serial killer. And we brought in some science fiction aspects to the story where he has a time machine and he keeps cloning his wife uh, so he can, you know, quench his thirst for killing and just basically kills her over and over again. and. Um, the story picks up when she finds out what's going on and then, then it kind of spirals down from there. Wow. That's, uh, that's interesting. And it sounds very, very, very twisted and dark. That, 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 that's a really cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh well, Mike brought it to me. I thought it, thought it was very interesting and I had fun writing it. And, um, the ending, the ending's pretty cool. It's, uh, it, it leaves you uh, guessing, you know, if there's going to be a, you know, a follow-up story or, or it, it kind of has you uh, guessing at the end. Cool. That's cool. With, with a story like that, with the, like the seed of the idea going back to sort of like, you know, what we were talking about with the athlete story, do you come up with the premise first or do you come up with the character first and then design the premise around that? Or, you know, is it, is it kind of like what you're talking about with the athletes where, you know, you just have an idea of the sort of like, what if? 
I feel, I feel like we have the, the premise first. And then once we go from like, once we have like that idea, then we start developing the characters around it. Um, so for, for example, the zombie story, you know, we had, you know, we kind of had it written out, like how it's going to end, where it's going to take place. And then from there we added the characters, we added the athlete, that, that element to the story. So, so I feel like for some of the stuff that I write, I, I usually come up with the idea first and then the, the character second. That's cool. And how much is the artist involved in that? Like, are you thinking about characters in the script stage or do you like to develop the characters when you bring the artist on? Uh, for, uh, if it's, uh, like, uh, for the, uh, zombie story, if it's, it was a little different because we kind of had the we were using the uh the real life athletes so it was kind of you know hey here's here's the athlete here's you know a video of them here's what they look like and it it wasn't really too much character design going into it but for the um the serial killer story it was a, a bit different it was you know it basically just went um to the artist and said like hey here's what we we kind of talked back and forth and kind of came up with the idea like, okay, let's make him look like, you know, a mix of Christian Bale and, you know, another actor. And we kind of came up with the, the character's uh, image that way. So, so I, I, I feel like uh, for, for a story like that, it was mainly the artist that was, you know, coming up with the character designs. I, I basically like to, to have the artists, you know, put their imagination into it and, you know, kind of create their own uh, characters and, and have fun with it. So with this project, the the two stories that you wrote and the two stories that the other people wrote, um, did you did you have just as much involvement in the, in the other two stories? Were you were you seeing were you seeing pages at uh, you know each stage of art, or were those sort of being developed? Uh, in, you know, with a, with a little bit less uh, review by you. Uh, they were the um, the Coco story was uh, I wasn't really hands on on that story. I you know I let Ange, uh and Radamus do the do their thing and it turned out great. Um, for the Hawk Hunter story, I was uh, helping Nico out a little bit with the uh you know just uh with the script uh that rob wrote mm-hmm. um just kind of uh helping him kind of understand like uh you know what belonged in each panel but with with that one i kind of was a little more hands-on because we were um taking a um we were basically adapting um a script from uh, Aaron K. Carter's movie An Hour to Kill. So I kind of was a little more hands-on um, on that story because, uh, you know, I was talking with Aaron K. Carter, who was the director of An Hour to Kill, and I wanted to make sure that it was done right in terms of uh, the script. So uh, that one I was a little more hands-on. Uh so you you are you were able to to share notes with the the director of of that movie like uh, when you guys were were adapting it yeah i mean he 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 kind of just trusted us that we would do the right thing um 
you know, I, uh, I made sure that he, uh, you know, received all the uh, panels that we did. And I mean, he was pretty accommodating and, you know, he was all for it. I mean, he didn't really, he didn't have any uh, changes for us to make or anything like that. I think he was more, more uh, glad that, you know, part of his movie was being made into a, uh, a comic book. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, he's, a. Uh, his uh his movies are very interesting. I mean they're 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 a little bit twisted, but uh yeah, I'm 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 hoping that uh that you know he keeps taking it to the next level and uh I'm sure we'll be hearing his name down the line on, on some of the bigger horror movies. Yeah, it's kinda yeah, I'm looking at his IMDB right now and he's got pretty good reviews on An Hour to Kill and also on his uh his other film, uh Dead Kansas. That's yeah, great. he has like a little uh, cult following. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. That's great. And uh, are you hoping to bring him in on 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 further projects? Yeah, I mean, um, somewhere down the line. I mean, I, I I would love for him to come in, and I mean, if we do some more of these uh, horror anthologies, I would love for him to come in and actually, uh, you know, write a story. I, I think that would be pretty cool to have a. Uh, you know, movie writer slash director come in and uh, put his little uh, spin on a uh, on a story for us. I think that would be pretty cool. Sorry, not to backtrack too much, but sort of the origins of his story being in the comic anthology was that your idea initially to include it, or was that the writer adapting the story? Was that his his idea? Uh, that that was my idea. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, I, I reached out to Aaron first and um and basically said like hey we would uh you know is it hard if I take a piece of your uh movie and p- put it into our uh anthology and then um and then he agreed with it and he said he was on board and gave us permission and, and it went from there. That's awesome. And that's a great idea to have you have a pre existing audience then coming into this comic who are familiar with Aaron's work and now you know, can be familiar with your work as well. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think it's pretty cool because it's like a, it's not, um, you know, shot for shot what what's actually in the movie. So it's a little right. bit of a tw- different uh, twist. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. I thought Rob did a good job of it. That's really great. Yeah. So these stories are they uh, are they of varying length, or did you try to like? have them all sort of be close to the same number number of pages uh they're all about the same number of pages um we were trying to keep it less than you know 17 for each story um but we wanted to kind of keep it um you know i think each one's going to be about 12 to 15 pages long nice yeah that's and, a good size book then. How how many pages is it in total? Um, we're still working on a couple pages for survival, but it should be about should be about fifty four pages, somewhere around wow. there, fifty four, fifty six. Yeah. That's oh, a yeah, nice that's, size comic. That's gonna be a good read. Yeah, that's why uh yeah, it's uh that's why the prices are I mean we 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 try to price it out just 
a little bit above what uh, what it's going to cost to print because, um, and we're going to do right by the printing. It's not just going to be uh, stapled, and we're, we're going to make sure that we actually have the good, strong spine and um, and um, ma- making sure that it's a, a nice quality book to read as well. That's really great. It sounds like you're getting, I mean, at least like you're getting the page, you know, like, you know, count for, for your money though. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That, that's why I wanted to, to, uh, to, for our first comic to make sure that it was nice and beefy and, uh, you know, make sure that we had some pretty strong stories in there. That's great. Yeah. So with your background in, in watching, watching movies, uh, what were what were some of the uh the 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 hurdles you found um trying to adapt stories to 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 the comic format you know with with page turns and and cliffhangers and, and stuff like that yeah um so for some of the stories uh for example the survival story um i i don't want to give it away because uh the if i give away what movie i kind of used as inspiration for it to kind of give away the ending but uh there was a movie that i i really enjoyed growing up and it i wanted to kind of put that into the uh survival story and yeah it was difficult at first when i was writing because i went to i kind of had the ending in mind but i didn't have the beginning so it was a little bit difficult to you know basically draw out in my mind how it's going to start from beginning to end where I just had the ending. So I, I feel like that was the biggest hurdle. And um, thankfully, you know, I had help from me and Jowster who, who, like I said, is an accomplished writer and they helped me out uh, um, um, a lot with the survival story and, and I was able to uh, piece it together and, uh, and, and it turned out good at the end. It, uh, it, it actually turned out to to be a uh, a pretty uh, cool start to finish uh, uh, for for that story. So I feel I feel like that was the biggest hurdle is is you know basically piecing together the entire story. That's awesome. And do you did you uh, like with writing the script? Did you uh, go by an outline? Do you sort of like you know you know start just or just start writing the script? Like, you know, you have the ending in mind first. Did you have to work backwards from there? Or how did you, how did you end up like putting the whole story together? No, I, I, um, I just started from the beginning. Uh, instead of writing out the, the finish, I just, you know, had it in my mind. But I, I started from, you know, page one all the way down to page 13. You know, I just started from beginning to end. That's awesome. And a uh, couple drafts of that and then passed it on to the artist or were you like editing it during the art process as well? Uh, when I was writing, usually when I write, I, uh, I edit it instead of writing everything out. I, I knew I usually write a couple of pages and make my uh, edits from there. Uh, make sure everything's kind of flowing, right. Make sure that, you know, it's not getting too, you know, clunky and, and, you know, confusing to the reader and, and then I just go from there and just keep writing. That's great. Uh, so 
Uh, are there any plans for any other types of other stories or do you, do you, I, I know that you said there's a couple of uh, mangas and stuff like that, but are there any sort of other areas that you would like to, to tackle in, in storytelling uh, another genre or anything like that? Yeah. Um, well, right now, um, I don't know if I could say it or not, but I, I know we're, we're kind of, we've, we've been in talks with, uh, with kind of working on a, a project together yeah that's I true know, uh, yeah it's uh, i mean it's a it's going to be a um kind of a, a comedy um graphic novel uh um the way it's being written right now it's it's going to be uh you know taking place in the 70s and uh and uh ha- have a little bit of humor to it um but other than that uh yeah we're working on the mangas right now um and there's actually going to be a couple other stories that we um that that we've talked about uh between Mike uh Nico and myself um there's one story that we're 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 talking about right now that um has to deal with some of the social issues in um in America right now and we're trying to figure out the best way to uh, write that story. Um, we want to make sure that it's done right and, um, you know, make sure that the art's done right and make sure that we, we tell a good story. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to come out with, you know, a lot of different um, genres uh, when it comes to comics. You know, we're not just trying to make all horror comics. You know, we want to make sci-fi, uh, some humor um you know mix in with some um you know noir and uh and mangas as well so we want to kind of do it all that that sounds that sounds awesome um so with uh with uh the the artist um do do they work uh traditionally or do they work digitally uh they work digitally okay so you you probably it's probably allows you to to share files and and if needed make corrections pretty easily huh yeah yeah it's, especially with all these new apps now with um uh you know dropbox and everything i mean it, it it's easy to uh for us to share files make corrections um you know make notes on the file so um yeah having it done digitally has been uh, saving a lot of time and uh headaches. I bet. Are you doing it? Are you guys doing a full color print of the of the book, or is it just going to be black and white? Yes. Yeah, so um, three of the four stories are in full color. Um, nice. The Coco is done being done uh, like a manga type style. That's uh, Ange Alster's uh, artwork. So so that one's going to be in black and white, um, like a like a manga, uh, traditional manga would be. But uh, but it actually adds some, uh, you know, it make, makes it a little more creepier, especially with uh, with that story about the cocoa. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty intense. Yeah, I would assume that it would give it a different tone, and with it being an anthology, it sort of uh, will sort of change sort of the the presentation and and let you you know just give you another aspect of of uh, you know sequential storytelling. So. Uh, you know, having a little change there is, is, is good, you know, variation. 
Yeah, and that's what we were going for. We wanted to make sure that, you know, it wasn't just one artist throughout the whole book and it wasn't just all color. We wanted to make sure, like you said, we wanted to make sure, you know, it gave the reader like a different, you know, uh, perspective with uh, art styles. That's very cool. Keeps it fresh. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So with this being your first time uh, going to Kickstarter, um, did you have uh, did you did you have anything that you looked at beforehand to sort of base what you wanted to do off of it, or were you, where was the team sort of coming together and and talking about like you know let's use this aspect for marketing, let's uh, you know use this you know copy when we when we describe stuff, or, or or was one person more more in charge of that? Yeah, we um when it came down to uh you know putting the rewards together and how we we're gonna market it, it was more of a uh, team effort. Okay. Uh, we each came up with uh, different ideas, and um, since it was our first Kickstarter, um, we wanted to come up with some unique rewards, and that's why we had the um, couple of rewards like have yourself drawn as a zombie. Um, we had one in there, uh, have your cat drawn in the uh. Mm-hmm the Tobestos part comic. So so this was some of the ideas that the team came up with to to make it a little different. Um and also to uh kind of help bring in uh you know new readers um into our uh into our Kickstarter. And um another thing that we just added today, um, you know, since our comic was over the fifty percent funded mark, uh Nico Valdez did a great job. He created a homage cover to um, uh, She-Hulk number one. He uh, he put a little twist on it with the uh, the Hog Woman and uh, and the main character from Tobetto's part on the cover, and um, and it, it looks outstanding. I mean, he, he did a great job with it, and that was just added to the rewards today um, on the Kickstarter. Yeah, I'm looking at that. I, I, I love that that cover. Um, so another thing that I'm seeing is uh there is like a, is there's like a sculpture here. Um who who worked on who worked on that and what character is that? Yes, uh so Nico's uh um a good buddy in uh, Argentina is a uh is a uh fantastic sculptor and um you know his work is incredible. So he came to Nico and said uh, you know, hey, how, what if I did a uh, a sculpture for your uh, a sculpt of the uh, Coco for your for your Kickstarter? And you know, we said, yeah, you know, we, we'd love to have you, uh, you know, make us a um, you know a statue for for the uh, Kickstarter. So um, he was actually nice enough to create five uh, sculpts, and he's actually sending them to us to give away um as part of the kickstarter so we're not going to charge anybody for a sculpt as part of the reward what we're going to do is um if you buy a um an actual cover from our kickstarter or you're one of the people that bought the have your cat drawn in the comic or have yourself drawn as a zombie you you'll get an entry into um, a drawing for one of the uh, sculpts, and we're giving away uh, five in total. And um, 
that drawing will be held once the Kickstarter closes and it will be held on a uh, Facebook live. Very cool. Um, and so did you have the, did you have these sculpts done before the, the comic was drawn? Cause I'm just thinking like they would have been great uh, reference for, for the artist. No, we, uh, we, we had them drawn after. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So Ange, uh, Alistair drew the, uh, original, uh, Coco, um, for the comic and then Nico kind of made a variant cover. Mm-hmm. So the sculptor kind of took both of them and, and created the, uh, the bust out of both of both those uh, photos. And you said earlier that if, and if I'm remembering this correctly, Coco is a bit of a uh, urban legend. So was there like reference material for, for you guys to, to look at when you, when you did the drawings of the, of the creature? Yeah. So, um, so Ranami's, uh Lilo brought us a story, and apparently it's uh, a Puerto Rican like uh, folklore, kind of like the Krampus, uh, like Ger- um, you know, in uh, Germany the Krampus is kind of, you know, a, a fairy, t- uh, kind of a dark fairy tale, but um, w- we couldn't really find any, you know, specific drawings. Like there was no, you know, just one main image of the Coco. Mm-hmm. So Angie Alistair drew a couple of different concepts and, um, you know, the one that we thought was the creepiest was the one where, you know, the kids' heads are popping out of the, the Coco's body. And we, we thought that was, you know, pretty cool and pretty scary. So, so we ended up going with that uh, design. Yeah. So it sounds like you, again, like you have a great variety. You have uh you have a zombie tail, you have a, you know, a, horror with a sci-fi bend uh then you're taking a bit of an urban legend and you're you're also adapting a movie so you guys have done a lot of variation with with this book yeah yeah that's what we were uh going for we wanted to try to make sure everything was you know kind of had different feel to it very cool um, so, uh, I think we're getting close to the end of the interview. So I want to give Noah a chance to, to ask any, any final questions that he may have. Uh, no, no final questions. I'm just really excited to see what this is, what comes up. I'm always, you know, I go to a lot of conventions and I look, you know, everyone has an anthology and actually I, I, I one of my favorite conventions is in Philly. It's just the basic Philadelphia comic con. It's usually in the spring slash summertime. And, and, uh, but there's uh you know the the big thing with with anthologies is you're always looking for you know unique uh sort of subject materials and it seems like this has got a cool there seems to be a lot of uh, yeah so um no you caught off there a little bit uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in here and uh brett are you able to hear me yeah it's gonna be uh cool and uh have a different feel to it so so hopefully the uh the readers like it very cool um so uh uh Brett, i just have a, a final question that i kind of sometimes ask people who are running a kickstarter um how do you keep your sanity uh when you're running a kickstarter are you are you hitting the refresh button every every 30 seconds to to see <laughs> uh to see what what you guys are doing yeah, that's what uh, that's the one thing. Like, uh, it's it's only been a couple of days, and I, I think I've been having two to three migraines a day. Just you know, staring at my phone, looking at the Kickstarter app, you know, seeing where we're at, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny because you know whenever I check it, it's just you know it's the same same total. But you know when I wake up in the morning, it's like oh we we jumped up. So like when I when I least expected it, you know it it's bumping up each uh, each morning. But um yeah I'm I'm hoping that uh that you know once word gets out about the uh different homage covers that 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 we did uh you know it it should hopefully get us close to that uh $1200 goal and um and get us funded. Yeah, I guess that's a that's a good uh technique. You guys are you you had that 50% milestone where you're able to to unveil um anything. Is there uh i you probably don't want to say but is there a, is, is there is there another reveal if we hit uh a milestone like uh 75% or anything like that yes yeah, so um if we if we can get it above the uh i think we're either going to go for 60 or 65% we um we're bringing on um uh pierre uh Grissot, who's a um who's a great uh french artist who kind of specializes in um, like a cartoon style of art. Um, We're going to have a couple of covers that are kind of in the realm of Scotty Young, what Scotty Young does for Marvel. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to kind of make our characters into little cartoons and kind of have them in a, in a Scotty Young type of cover um, for our, for our anthology so so if we can get to you know 65 percent we're going to unveil a couple more different uh covers for the kickstarter very cool so um brett why don't you let people know where they can find you and where they can find legacy comics uh online and we'll be sure to link all of this stuff and have a link to the to the kickstarter in our, our show notes for the podcast uh, yeah, so uh, on Kickstarter, our anthology is called uh, Legacy uh, Comics Presents Tales of Horror. And everybody can uh, find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Our handles are uh, legacy underscore comic. And they can also find us on uh, Facebook at Legacy Comics Inc. And our right now, our website is being developed. Um, once the Kickstarter ends, we're going to launch our website and uh, we're going to launch our store and, and put up some different prints and um, and some of our future releases. Very cool. Well, I want to thank you again uh, for being on. Um, I've been pretty interested in this anthology, just looking through the stuff on the Kickstarter page, but uh, hearing you talk about it is, uh, you know, it's, it sounds much more, much more flushed out and much, much more interesting. So I had a really good time uh, talking to you with, uh, about this, uh, about this project. If anybody would like to uh, give us a rating and review on whatever podcasting service that you use, we would really appreciate it. If you want to follow us, we are on Twitter at construct compod that's comics construct i'm sorry c-o-m-p-o-d uh we are on instagram constructing comics pod we are on facebook constructing comics youtube constructing comics and we'll be back with another episode very soon thank you so much